Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm, I have a very special guest with us today, John Bowen. Thank you for joining us, John. Well, thank you, John, for having me. I'll tell you a bit about who John is. So John Bowen is a successful entrepreneur and the founder of four multi-million dollar companies, including AESNation.com, Financial Advisors Select, and CEG Worldwide. John is a prolific author with more than 15 books to his name and a regular columnist for the Huffington Post and Financial Planning. He's also the host of the Accelerating Entrepreneurial Success podcast. So I really appreciate you, John, being here with us today to share some of your insights that I know is going to greatly help those that are listening, those that are growing or starting up their businesses. But before we go into what you have to share with us, John, for, for our business owners out there and entrepreneurs, tell us a little bit about yourself, John. So who is John Bowen growing up, influences and so forth? Well, John, uh, you know, I had the uh, opportunity to grow up in an entrepreneurial family, and uh, it was a great experience, uh, the vast majority of it. My uh, dad and uncle owned a cast iron foundry in upstate New York and employed 400 people in a small town, so we were one of the largest or the second largest employer in the town, and I felt like I had a charmed life all the way up until the time when I got a call from my dad, my junior year of uh, university. And he uh, was, you know, I was expecting the call, John, to tell me about, you know, the, the, he was going to finally move me into the air conditioned office job because he had been grooming me to be, uh, you know, run the foundry down the road. And the, the idea was I w- he was going to start me with the worst jobs. And if you can <laughs> imagine the cast iron foundry, there's some really bad jobs. And I had yeah. done the absolute worst, progressed up, and I got this call. And, uh, you know, I, I have a great life at college. Life was good. And my dad tells me that uh, the foundry's going under. Uh, he's going to be leaving and looking for the jo- uh, job because he needs money. My uncle's going to stay and wrap everything up. Oh, yeah, my he and my mom are getting a divorce, and I don't have a summer job. And yeah, it was wow. just one of those, yeah, wows. And, and, I, and I just reflected for a few seconds, and then I asked my dad because the tone of the voice, he had said it all was, so matter of fact, I said, are you going to be okay? Mm-hmm. And he paused and said, I don't know. And John, you know, that was probably the hardest day of my life, uh, not so much for me, but for my dad and my mom. And and really, that was a tipping point where I decided to uh, become a financial advisor and really dedicate my life to helping other entrepreneurs make smart decisions about their money. Because had my uncle and my dad really uh, thought through some of the the you know there is specific risk in a business and mm-hmm. they had a you know that perfect storm and they didn't have the reserves and had they had 
they had a great business. Had they really thought it through, they built up some personal wealth. They would have been able to ride it through then and done exceptionally well. And I just see it so often, John, that, you know, you know this as a fellow entrepreneur is that we're working so hard. Uh, you know, we're so busy in our business that we just don't really take care of our own personal situations. Well, yeah, I can, I can totally understand now from you sharing that, John, why you do what you do. And, and I can imagine you're very passionate about it, considering the effect it had on your family. And I'm sure that you also see many other people making the same mistakes that your father and your uncle did, because I'm sure well, they're not unique. Well, I'd love to tell you they are. And, uh, you know, and as a matter of fact, my uncle has passed. My dad is still alive. Uh, and, you know, I asked if I could share this because I'm writing. We just finished a book, uh, 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 Becoming Seriously Wealthy, How to Harness the Secrets of the Super Rich and the Ultra Affluent Business Owners. And the reason why we wrote it and I asked my dad to share the story is that I just see, John, so many entrepreneurs who are, you know, we work so hard. I've started a number of businesses. I've had a couple uh, go full cycle and, you know, done exceptionally well. I've had some not go quite as well and some not mm. go at all. And, you know, in, in one of the things, you know, I've tried being poor and I've tried being wealthy. I like being wealthy, having that <laughs> flexibility of personal yeah. wealth. It just makes a huge difference. And what we're, you know, we're in business, not for more business, we're in business to support the quality of life. People come to you, John, to, to really learn how to be, you know, great business people online. And there's so much opportunity with today's tools and individuals like yourself really sharing it. But so often we're not taking the time to build our personal wealth and we make some really bad decisions early on and it can cost us dearly. Yeah, and so when people so uh, I'm assuming John, you've you've dealt with many business people in all different areas. So startups, those that are been in business for a while, those that are maybe looking to sell their business. But for those that are starting out, what are some key bits of advice that you give to make sure that they've got a good foundation for their business for not only their business structure, but making sure they're creating or securing wealth for themselves personally. Well, and, and just let me touch for a second. You know, I've had the privilege of working with so many different people, and I, I grew up professionally in Silicon Valley. I'm still in Silicon Valley, so you know, I managed with a couple of partners two billion dollars uh, of you know some of the top entrepreneurs, uh, high tech entrepreneurs, and. Ended up selling my business to uh, a Canadian firm, and we expanded into sports and entertainment throughout North America, and had six hundred six hundred of the largest clients. And no matter where your you know your listeners are around the world, they would probably know about half the names. I mean, mm -hmm. and I, I got to tell you, I don't care whether you're starting out or whether you're at this pinnacle. Uh, you know, people are making costly mistakes, and. It really comes down to the first foundation one, and I mean, it's a real simple one. And it's easy to gloss over, but it's pay yourself first. You know, as business owners, what we do, John, I don't know if you've ever made this mistake. I did early on in businesses. You know, we, we work really hard. We start developing revenue, and whatever is left over, 
we get. Well, most of the time there's nothing left over or very <laughs> little left over yeah. and just have to pay the bills. Or in some cases we have to you know, raise money or we have to contribute our own capital. And what I, I would encourage everyone, no matter where you are, is pick what is the return on investment you should have. And there should be two, one for your job you know, it's a job. You're, you're, even if you're starting your own internet business with little capital, you know, you're employing yourself. So you want to pay yourself first. What would you make? And then also a return on capital. Now, in the beginning, you might have to be at the lower end. But mm -hmm. what we want to do is we want to build up discretion so that we have excess money. This is one of the goals. So we can start funding our personal wealth because. Really, you know, you want to maximize your personal wealth. And no matter where you are around the world, there's taxes. We have all of us have this not too silent partner that's with us, uh, taxes. And so it's paying yourself first. And as we start having discretionary money, we want to go ahead and what can we do to mitigate taxes? As business owners, we have so much flexibility around the world of how to structure it. And this is you know, so many members of the super rich, the 500 million and more, you know, they're global citizens. They have multiple company, uh, countries and companies, and they're using these strategies, and we can too. I'll give you a common, not objection, but when I think of what you've just discussed there, John, and I totally agree with it. Some of us might think, well, that's out of my reach. Like, I'd have to have a massive company generating heaps and heaps of revenue before I can start thinking along the lines that you're talking about. Is that true or can someone, how, I mean, how easy is it for someone to get started well, in, in developing yeah, what you're I, talking I would, about? Well, I would start right from the beginning, John, because even before you start the business, I know you te coach a lot of uh, you know, startup situations and online, they're likely to have a job somewhere else, you know, maybe in a cubicle, you want to be an entrepreneur for freedom, freedom for money, freedom of time, freedom of purpose, freedom of your relationships. Well, but we don't want to create a business that we're going to be a slave to, too. And so one of the things is as we put our plan together, you know, taking some percentage of that revenue off the top and paying it like we're paying it to a vendor, but we're paying it now to ourselves, setting up the accounts and beginning savings. Because once we get that discipline going, and you know the the power of compounding we can do particularly if we can do it on a tax favored basis it's amazing how quickly we can accumulate so if we don't do that john it's very easy to you know set ourselves up for failure because you know we what happens is we start our small business a little coaching from you you know they take off well they keep on spending the money you know, reinvesting yeah. in the business and then something happens, you know, uh, you know, there could be, you know, some type of marketing technique that they've been using doesn't work. The, the demand for their particular type of niche information may have changed and they have a big decrease in income, but they've built up their cost. And so by going right from the beginning at the first hour, starting to allocate a part off the top of paying yourself first, that's going to make a big, big difference. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And what I understand from what you've been saying, John, it's about developing the mindset and creating the habit. And then, yeah, and then as, as it grows and as your income grows, revenue grows, if you've got those habits and that mindset in place, 
then there's lots you can do and, and you can benefit greatly from having that uh, instituted. No, I, I, I totally agree. And, it, you know, when I when we survey and there's a uh, book we're happy to make available to everyone listening to us, uh, The State of the Entrepreneur, some might know my co-authors, uh, Dan Sullivan. He's one of the uh, probably the most successful uh, coach of entrepreneurs. Uh, he's based in Toronto and just uh, extremely uh, talented individual. And Joe Polish of Genius Network and mm-hmm. uh Joe has got one of the top mastermind groups of uh, really CEOs, but with a more of a marketing flair. And and we did a survey last year of 3,500 fellow business owners, so the peers of your listeners, John. And and we really asked them a whole series of questions around their major concerns, what they're doing to make smart decisions about their money and about their business. And you know, they're more they're more than welcome to go to AES Nation to download. But I'd like to touch on the five big concerns that we really saw. And number one was what we're talking about. You know, this whole concept of building personal wealth, wealth, making smart decisions about your money. That was number one. I mean, 93 percent of our fellow entrepreneurs said that's the big one. And then mitigating taxes. This is one. 94% said that was important, but only 23% were actually taking any action to reduce it. Wow. And you know, and this is not just with financial advisors, this is accountants uh, you know, around the world. And there's so many things you can do. A lot of times you hear there's nothing you can do, but that's not true. Taking care of the errors, again, you know, 93%, uh, over two thirds reported having an estate plan, but the supermajority was over uh, five years old and yeah, almost all of them had experienced some kind of life changing event so that the, you know, the plan was out of date and then, Mm. you know, protecting our assets, you know, as we have more and more success, you know, we're, we're likely to attract lawsuits, unjust litigation. And then also, unfortunately, entrepreneurs have a high divorce rate. Well, you want to really plan, um, you know, 78, uh, percent are concerned with this, but only 15% have a plan. And then lastly, you know, 71% are very interested in charity. You know, one of the things I think, John, so many people don't realize of our fellow entrepreneurs that it's, you know, we want to build our personal wealth, it's, but it's not because of greed. We want to take care of the people we love and the causes we care about. And so this is a really charitable group. I mean, 71% want to do something more. But if we don't you know, really plan this stuff out, we find the right financial advisor to help us. What happens is we're going to set ourselves up for failure. And as you were mentioning those five points, and I'm sure that with your, the website you mentioned, your website, asnation.com, where they can get that, it was a, a free report or the book. But that, yeah, an e-book, The State e-book. of the Entrepreneur. Excellent. The State of the Entrepreneur. I'm sure that's going to go into more detail about what they can do. But for the sake of this uh, interview today and the time we have today, when we're talking, you mentioned asset protection and mitigating taxes. And and lastly, towards the end there, you talked about having someone like a financial planner or um, uh, maybe an accountant, a specialized accountant. What should people be looking for when they're looking for someone in that area? Again, like it could be tax accountant, could be a financial planner. What should you look for to get someone 
that understands these concepts that we were talking about? Are they easy to find? Are all of them like that? Do do we have to delve a bit deeper, like look a bit better? Well, no, unfortunately, they're not all like that. And uh, uh, I don't know the number in Australia, in your country, John, but in mine, there's 460,000 financial advisors. And unfortunately, you know, there's three groups. I mean, I would call them, you know, wealth managers is really what we're looking for. People who understand the unique needs of business owners. Then the the next group is, I'm going to call pretenders. They're they can help you on the investments. They're kind of well-intentioned, but they don't really understand how to address these key concerns that we're talking about, mitigating taxes, taking care of the heirs, protecting the assets and charity. And so they're going to kind of dismiss that because they're going to make the vast majority of their, their income on investments. But investments are becoming commoditized. And the last group, it's the smallest group, fortunately, is uh, predators. And you know, the, the nice thing about business owners, for the most part, we pretty quickly get a sixth cent when something it sounds too good to be true, but we're going to avoid those. And what we found is 84% of successful business owners were using a financial advisor, and they, they were looking for three characteristics. One, in integrity. You, know, you want to check their background to make sure they haven't run afoul of the regulators, uh, you know, they haven't had clients sue them. And if they have, there has to be a really good reason and that they can provide references to other business owners who are a little ahead of you. So that's really the integrity part. And then confidence, you know, because so many advisors, you know, they understand the investment side, most of them, but they don't understand the advanced planning. And as business owners, we have so much more flexibility than the average person. So we, you really want to check their educational background, you know, their licensing, that they're members of associations. And I like to see that they've actually published something. They're out, you know, giving speaking engagements. They're recognized by their peers. And then most importantly, that they have you know, really other specialists they work with because none of us can know everything. And the last is the experience. Yeah, I want to make sure they're working with other successful business owners. And it should be not that they have one client, that they have, you know, a a pretty good percentage of business owners. And those businesses should be similar because there's different, you know, online businesses are going to be different than a big manufacturing business. And that they can work, they can introduce you uh, to the right professionals. I mean, I had a call with a very successful young online couple uh, who are making a few million a year. I mean, they're, they're doing it, knocking it out of the park. But they met at a mastermind event and they got married, but they're in two different countries. Wow. So understanding how to deal with those issues, the complexity takes a different specialist than your local financial advisor. Mm. Yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, that's extremely helpful. And another thing that I know that you help people with is how to take care of their heirs. Like, um, I have a client of mine, for example, he, he wants to start a business, not so much for himself, because he's at retirement age, but more for his sons. And I know I've got a family as well. And so what, what advice do you give, John, to entrepreneurs out there that are wanting to plan ahead for their business structure to include and or take care of the heirs? Yeah, no, it's a, it, particularly with a business, um, 
you know, depending on which country, every country has different tax law on on death. And one of the problems is that oftentimes there's some type of an estate tax or inheritance tax. And and when we're gone, our business might have a higher perceived value with a taxing association than its ability to pay. And one of the things that we can do is we can structure it early to involve the kids. We want to be careful. And this is, you know, I want to make sure I'm not giving any legal advice because across, you know, we're talking, John, you reach globally and it's different in each country. And this mm. is where, you know, we need to think through, you know, do we want to include the kids early on? I mean, one of the things I'll use the states, you know, if you've got young kids, and really teaching them about business, get them involved early and pay them and, you know, a reasonable compensation. And that money can be set aside, you know, for their college funds, their university. And what happens is, you know, that's deductible as an expense and they're at a either a no tax bracket or a relatively low tax bracket. And then, you know, on the equity buildup, again, uh, you know, the ability to do that and include them early to avoid some of these additional taxes down the road. But this is something where every country is a little bit different. I mean, we we're just working with uh, another online uh, marketer you know, has a presence in the U.S., Japan and Singapore and has businesses in all three. And it gets, you know, it gets really complicated. And but they're, you know, the nice thing is they're specialists. There's people who actually deal with this. So, you know, when you're getting started, the very first thing is think what you want. I always call it commerce. What do you want from a business perspective? You know, how do you want to involve the family? And then talk with, you know, a wealth manager. And a, a good wealth manager is going to have what we call a professional network. It's going to have an attorney that he can bring in or and or an accountant to really help you think through, okay, this is what you want. You should always think first what you want, irrespective of taxes and, you know, all the legal issues. And then, you know, good advisors can almost always find some way of structuring it to meet your needs. And it doesn't have to be that expensive at all. I mean, more complicated, you know, more money involved, the more expensive it gets. But, you know, you can do this pretty nominally as you're getting started. Well, I really appreciate, John, you taking the time to share these insights with us, especially uh, we know that you've had a lot of success in your own business. You've helped a lot of the businesses. I know that you have a massive network of yourself of financial advisors that you mentor and that you help all around the world. So again, really appreciate your time. John, Is was there any final thoughts that you had for our listeners today? Yeah, you know, the one thing that's jumping out, John, is uh, the power of what we call second opinion. And this is, you know, we always think of medical situations getting a second opinion. And when we did a survey of successful business owners, we asked over the last year, did they get a second opinion on medical? 41.2% said yes. Mm-hmm. And of those, two-thirds said, hey, it was really valuable. They were glad they did. When we asked... Uh, business owners, successful business owners, had they gotten a second opinion on their personal financial affairs or situation in the last 12 months, 11.1 did. So a real small percentage. Hmm. But of those who did, 90% said it was extremely valuable. And this is what I want to encourage your listeners to do, John, is 
get a second opinion, you know, have the conversation. It's, you know, we always tend to only deal with medical things when we have crises. I got to tell you, it's usually some life transition going on where we start looking at the financial side. The earlier that we can do it, the better. The best time to do it is now. And I'd go to our website. We've got a whole bunch of information on how to get a second opinion that's going to be really valuable for them so they can get started today. Yeah, thank you for that, John. And again, so the website that John was mentioning, the aesnation.com. And there you can get John's latest book, The State of the Entrepreneur, which will go into, again, more depth of the topics that we discussed today, which are extremely important. So again, thank you so much, very much, John, for joining us on the podcast today. And I want to thank everyone as well for being here today and listening. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you got a lot out of it. As a way of saying thank you for being a loyal listener, I've got a very special gift for you. You can get immediate access to my online business coaching program for free. These step-by-step videos will show you how to set up your website, create an automated sales funnel, and also how to drive targeted traffic to your business for literally pennies per click. It's ready for you to access right now. Simply head on over to johnslikes.com forward slash podcast. This is John Lagodaka signing off. I'll see you all next time.